2: and up to 25% off outdoor that's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com/acast
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch Podcast, the podcast where we talk about Blizzard Entertainment and its many games. I'm Matt. I am hosting this. I am joined by Joe, who is also hosting this. That's how this works. We're both hosting the show. Co-host! So, um, yeah, a lot of stuff going on. First one we're going to talk about, the first of the top stories, as it were, is the fact that we still don't know when the pre-patch is going to be for Shadowlands. It wasn't today. Nope. Which was my prediction. Um, although I knew, like a week or two ago, I was starting to say it probably ain't going to be the twenty second, and it wasn't. Uh, one of the one thing that kind of helps you you realize it's not going to be a certain day is when a week from that day you still have no announcement. Yeah. And we're in a weird position here because my backup date of the twenty ninth, we also don't have an announcement for that. Yep. But we do have the fact that. On the PTR right now, a release candidate patch has been released. Yeah. So since they have put a release candidate on the PTR, that at least makes it possible that we'll get the pre-patch next week, which would be about the right amount of weeks for a full month before Shadowlands to get used to the new systems. I don't think it will be next week.
3: I don't think it's going to be next week either. I'm thinking it's going to be the 6th.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking the 6th as well. Go ahead. I
3: was going to say, I think Thursday we'll get an announcement because they've done a lot of Thursday announcements lately for some reason, not Tuesday announcements. Don't know why. Because we moved the podcast to Tuesdays. Clearly. I mean, it's because we moved the podcast. We see you. We see you. Uh, But yeah, so they've been doing a lot of Thursday announcements. I suspect we'll hear something on Thursday, especially because that release candidate's out there. As long as we don't see the PTR drop tonight or tomorrow, like go offline, come back up, go offline, come back up with like any sort of speed. Uh, then I think Thursday they'll announce you'll have X amount of time. Uh, not next week, but on the 6th, you know, we'll be down for planned maintenance. And when we come back up, the pre-patch will be live. That's my guess. It seems to make that the most sense. Mean, now, the 6th will mean that you get three weeks. I think that's about it is right. It's
0: very short. It is very uh, short. But I think it is the most logical based on what we've got to go on. I, I, for one thing, we don't have three weeks of quests.
3: Yeah, that's what the I was going to say.
0: Th- the quest thing is only two weeks to, to unlock the whole thing, which I think works for a three-week PTR.
3: I also think that they're leaning on the fact of how they redesigned the systems to be more player-friendly in Shadowlands as a little bit of a, I don't want to say like a, a, a crutch, but I think they're, they're sort of leaning on that as a way that they don't have to have as long as a pre-patch period i think as they had to have before so i think i think that's going to inform that a little bit as well that's quite possible
0: um but that's currently what what i'm thinking and joe seems to agree on basics of it that it's probably going to be october 6th they might push it out to the next week but once you start doing that
3: yeah, then you're starting then, yeah. to get in the territory of getting an announcement of, like, the the like the the like expansion being delayed or something. I don't... Mm.
0: I don't expect them to delay the expansion. I don't, I don't uh, expect them to uh, either. Unless, unless, literally, like, you know, their server farm bursts into flames, and they don't have computers to run the game on. I don't think that they will be delaying the expansion. But um, I definitely think we're looking at an interesting place where we just have not heard a lot uh, about it. And that's worth keeping in mind uh but one thing we have heard about as of today is that there will be no bonus rolls in shadowlands
3: Um, i'm so happy about this
0: i am upset about it so once again we don't agree (laughs) um we're back to equilibrium i'm upset about it from the perspective of people who use bonus rolls in things like five man dungeons okay Uh, five player dungeons my bad there Uh, especially people who are not necessarily running mythic dungeons Uh, A lot of people I know use bonus rolls as bad luck protection for content like that, and not having the bonus roll, on the one hand, it gets rid of randomness, because with the great vault system for raiding Mythic Plus dungeons and PvP, you will have a guaranteed drop if you complete, you know, what do they call them? Uh, I want to say milestone, but that's not it. Objectives. If you complete one of your objectives, the objectives are like they start at three raid bosses in a week, one mythic dungeon in a week, and a certain amount of PvP points, which I freely admit I didn't even look at because I don't PvP very much. But it's those are the things. And then they have the next tier of objectives, is like something like seven raid bosses, four mythic dungeons, and more, you know, do better in PvP. And the final one is something like ten. Uh, raid bosses 10 mythic dungeons and you know did even better in pvp if you complete those objectives you don't get more gear from the great vault you get more choice of gear from the raid vault. a little a little bit of control uh basically what will happen is if you only do the bear bare line objective you won't get any choice you'll just get a piece of gear uh, but it's a guaranteed piece it's not like with with a bonus rolls you could end up using all your bonus rolls and getting nothing
3: which i originally or, did all last year oh i'm sorry
0: yeah or you could use bonus rolls and get more than one thing which is what often happened to me and it is random and it is randomness that if you look at what they've done with gear in shadowlands it is understandable that they would do this mm-hmm. because randomness seems to be the thing they are trying to to prune down i i They've, they've gotten rid of war forging and titan forging and corruption yes. and all things like that, and they only, they've left one thing. There's one thing they've left, and that's sockets. Sockets on items are still random.
3: Which They're they need to do, I think, kit. because of jewel crafters.
0: Would, they even said that's what they were. But, but they've also put in a vendor in the mall. That you will go to and you will trade currency for socket the socket item that you will then put on gear, and they've controlled exactly which pieces can get sockets now. In yeah. Shadowlands, it will only be helms, necks, uh, I think it's helms, necks, rings, um, and belts. I may be missing a piece.
3: No, I think that's bracers. A- it's br- bracers. Bracers. As well.
0: It's helms, necks, rings, bracers, and and belts. You can put a socket on everything else it can't randomly get a socket and you can't add sockets too. So it's just those pieces, Uh, which is, you know, again, that's understandable. And that's another thing that, that they're doing to, to control gear randomization with the bonus loot thing. I get why they're doing it. And I get why people would like it. Um, Like I said, it, it pairs down on randomness. You don't have to remember to go buy the currency. So you don't end up at a raid and then be like, Oh, I didn't get my thing. Uh, Can we wait? Can I go back and buy my thing? I, I think, oh, no, we, were, we were gonna pull man could you we have to do that now i just but come on man he's got my thing he's got my my trinket and if i don't get it yeah all right fine go back to town can
3: we get a summoning portal down
0: so i understand why they would get rid of it it,
3: it also makes a lot of sense from a player playability standpoint because there's one of those things where it, we've all been in a group where everybody's got their coins and everybody's coining the same boss or whatever and you don't get anything, but the person who already got loot off the boss gets another piece of loot off the boss. And like it feels bad for those players that don't get anything already, and then they don't get anything a second time, or they get artifact power or whatever we're calling AP this time around. It, it just feels bad. And but at the same time, since I've allowed you to say that horrible thing, um,
0: there's also the fact that you can go entire raids with nothing you can. And but that's having some kind of bad luck protection that isn't just you'll get one thing if you do so many objectives and you'll get some choice on that thing if you do more objectives doesn't feel like it needed to go away to me.
3: But here's my counterpoint to that. Instead of looking at it as just bad luck protection, why not craft systems that don't rely entirely on luck and like we're, we're focusing as on the they crafted those systems. We're starting uh, to, we, we can talk side about side legendaries.
0: Uh, see legendaries again, that's still not really what we're talking about. That's it, like a better thing that you make down the road. It's For not a better thing run- you make down the
3: road. Whoa, 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 whoa there, bud. You can make it very early and upgrade it as you go along. They were talking about that today.
0: Yeah, they were talking about today, but I still see no reason to believe I'll be making
3: that thing anytime soon. But there's, they've if been I'm
0: running a five, if I'm running a five man dungeon to get like a blue piece of gear just so I have something to run stuff later, taking away the thing I use to do that and providing me with nothing since it's not included in the Great Fault doesn't feel good to me. I, I... think that you weren't using it that way, but a lot of players are using it that way.
3: I, I understand what you're saying, and I'm not discounting that, but I'm saying that we, you, I would rather encourage them to have something that makes either crafted gear better or makes something that gives players more direct control over it versus random number generation in any capacity. I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying for previous expansions and that that's what they did, but bonus rolling always felt like a band-aid to me. That's what it. It wasn't like, oh, here's the thing that you might get something extra. It felt like a band aid to systems that were broken, and I think that we they need as the game has matured to look at our our crafting skills helping with this. Are do we have enough uh, avenues for players to get gear that aren't just random drops that they might never see? Uh, Can we make a system where you know? Upgrades are upgrades, and loot feels good. Versus, I'm still using a uh, little song box from one of the very first dungeons I ran four raid tiers later. Like, I don't I,
0: really see how that's bonus rolls fault, but okay.
3: But I, because I never got a drop, because I never got anything else,
0: you never got a drop. That's because you never got a drop. That's not bonus rolls ameliorate not, <laughs> that they don't necessarily fix it. I'm not arguing with you that your idea that this is a band aid is wrong. I'm saying you don't take the Band-Aid off until you've actually stopped the bleeding and, and controlled the wound. Like if you've got a big cut on your arm and you put a Band-Aid over it, you don't take it off half an hour later when you're still bleeding. And you don't take it off and let yourself get infected. You wait until you've got something well, let me, else. Let me right now, me. the Great Vault doesn't do stuff for people who play solo. It doesn't do stuff for people who don't focus on these three avenues of gameplay and i get that those three avenues of gameplay are always going to be more important to blizzard and i'm not trying to argue that they shouldn't be although they shouldn't be but that's not my argument my argument is simply that when you're taking this thing out what are you going to get to replace it for players who do this content and you're right i i have not focused enough on legendaries and how quickly you can craft them i haven't felt tremendously motivated to do so Uh, And that could be my mistake. That could, in fact, be my my point. But looking at what they've got right now, looking at stuff like conduits, looking at stuff like um, your covenant and the abilities it grants, I kind of feel like taking bonus rolls out was a really weird place to go with all this. You've got a ton of complexity coming in, allowing this one thing that'll let players, and just allowing it on top, Not, not having it replace anything they're bringing in, just leaving bonus rolls in there for now until you've got something that actually makes sense. That was where I am on it. And that's, that's, I'm going to stop at this point and let you say whatever your final rejoinder is. That's where I stop.
3: It's a weird balance point. And it's one of those things where I'm willing to see how this plays out. And I'm not going to condemn it right away. I'm, I've always been one of those people that I want bonus roles to not be necessary. Uh, I'll put it that way. I think that's the best way that I can phrase it. Um, There's a ton of other ways that you can funnel gear towards players that do solo content or that don't do a lot of of large group content, maybe don't want a PvP. And I think Shadowlands is the first time I feel like they're actually starting to look at that in years. I want to say probably since before Warlords. Like I, I I really feel like Mr. Pandaria was the, the last time that gear felt okay. I will ultimately point out that Mr. Pandaria is when they introduced the bonus roll. I understand that, and I also went the entire expansion of Mr. Pandaria with bonus rolls not getting a single piece of loot from it. See, here here's the thing, man. I was the guy trying to use bonus rolls to get a specific
0: item. You wanna know what item it was? Your shoulders. Yeah. Did they give it to me once in the multiple years that I farmed for them? Nope. I didn't get it on a single bonus roll. I got gold every single time. You think I don't know that bonus rolls had some really annoying aspects? I'll tell you right now, making gold slash artifact power slash whatever we are calling it, this expansion. And you know what I mean? That was always a bad idea. Like a bonus roll should just give you a piece of gear. So I'm down with the Great Vault at least guaranteeing you something. I'm okay with that. I don't think that it should be you get one thing and that's it. And that's it for all three. Like right now, with the way the Great Vault is, in, is put in, you get one thing and it's just one thing. Even if you do, say you do raids and Mythic Plus, you get one thing. You do raids, you do Mythic Plus, and you do PvP. You get one thing. And I get why that's there, but there's no way to to increase this in any way. You get one thing a week no matter what. It's just the choice of what thing you get goes up. That's good. I like that the choice of what you can get goes up. I feel really weird about the fact that you get one thing no matter what you do.
3: I mean, that's I don't, the way the, and, and unfortunately, and I, I don't disagree with you, it's, it's and as I said, it's kind of how the caches work now, except giving you choice. That's really yeah, what well.
0: that's it how the caches work now, but the cache works now for mythic raiding. I mean, mythic dungeons, not for everything. That's where bonus rolls in in raid content. I get why you wouldn't like them. I get that there's a randomization issue that really you know kind of needs to go away. But at the same time, I really liked having them. I, I enjoyed having them even sure. when I didn't get anything from them, and now I'm not going to have them. And I'm not going to get anything for that. I'm losing something and not getting anything for it. I, 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 I understand.
3: I understand. But
0: we've, we've gone back and forth I on this a we, lot yeah. as we tend to do. Uh, I feel like we did also mention, and I think like, I just want to mention it again, really fast. The change to Gems because that's something we wrote about this week. And I think that's an interesting thing to keep in mind. Ge- the way gems work, they will still be drop- random uh, random drops on items, but you will also be able to go out and buy an item and socket your gear. And so if you get a, a, a random gem piece of gear, great. And if you don't, you can add one to it. And I think there's an approach they should be looking at for other stuff. The idea that if you get something nice, great. And if not... You can still get it so you can still catch up. I don't know how you'd incorporate that here, but it is something to consider for the future. Um, but I think that at this point, we're going to go on and do some emails unless you, you can think of anything you'd really want to talk
3: about. No, I mean, just to touch back real quick on the legendaries, just throw it out there because that, that's something that I think is kind of important and newsworthy is the idea that you can craft lower versions of legendaries as you find them uh, from the various drops or from the various places and then use your crafting skill to upgrade them appropriately as you continue to level and evolve. Um, They haven't really mentioned what the, like, there's going to be obviously like a cap point or an end point for them, but it's nice to have that ability to uh, have legendaries that can grow with you, which I think is really important, uh, because one of the things we used to see back in the day with... Uh, legendaries was you'd get a good drop and maybe you couldn't use it for 8 levels or you'd get something that is completely useless uh, to you after you know because it dropped as a like um, arbitrary like item level 110 and now you're in item level 140 land and it doesn't compare It doesn't feel as special anymore like the, the legendaries of legion didn't feel special uh, at least here they're giving some thought into giving players some control over that and having I'm sorry, man but
0: legendaries and legion felt special to the point where people were wearing them and had to actually have them disabled at level one sixteen. So yeah, I don't agree with you there.
3: I'm not even remotely surprised, but I I stand by my statement. I think there was they didn't feel special because there were too many of them.
0: But if you mean special in that regard, sure. People people use those things forever. So that... I didn't
3: say I didn't say not useful. I didn't say not powerful. I said they didn't feel special. They just felt like. A thing, right? Like yeah, but it, the
0: entire gist of your previous statement wasn't about rarity or about you know whether or not you had too many of them. It was about how you would using them, and then they would get out leveled.
3: So, and some items would, and then they'd replace them with another one of the appropriate level. We can argue about it, but it's it. My statement is basically: I just enjoy the fact that they're looking at that as well and saying, "Hey, it can grow with you. You can keep updating it." So. Yeah, that's But all at any rate, let's move on to some emails <laughs> so we
0: can argue about that stuff for a while. Um, if you have an email for the show, uh, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast of Blizzard Watch," So we know it's for the show, or you can go to our discord server and to the patron, uh, Q and podcast questions channel or the Q questions channel. And we will look at those both, uh, several questions this week are from one or both of those channels. Uh, we tend to use the ones from the, the queue, the patron queue and podcast questions channel first, because that's one of the benefits of being a patron. And it's you support us. We
3: take your questions first. Uh, Joe's going to read them for us. So if you don't mind, Joe, not at all. Our first question comes from Tetsemi. question for the Blizzard Watch podcast. What is your favorite in-game mount mechanically favorite mount for lore story reasons and favorite mount because of how you acquired it, which I realize could all apply to the same mount, but figured I'd ask. Go for it, Matt. head. Oh, I hate you! <laughs> I'll tell you exactly
0: why. Here's my story about why it's Memoran's head, though. Back back when we were doing uh, Wrath, we were in a in a guild that was getting server first on uh, Yogg with no head, with no lights, Yogg zero lights. That was entirely because of our our guild master at the time, who'd worked like an animal to get us there. Uh, he'd done so much work, and so when we got it done. And the head dropped because the head was a guaranteed drop back then. I basically said, Hey guys, why don't we let X have it for all the work that they did? We're good. We can do this again. We can get other people to mount. I think it would be cool to as a show of gratitude to him, we'd let him have it. And somebody who I didn't like very much, and I pretty much confirmed my opinion of him at this point, saying, nah, no way, man. And this person had been in the guild for like three weeks. And he was like, No, we should just roll for it. And everybody else was like, yeah, okay, let's roll for it. And I was like, okay, fine. Then I'll roll for it. I wasn't going to, I was totally okay passing on this mount. I did not want it. I wanted to give it to the guild master. Maybe I was a bit of a kiss up. I don't know. Uh, But that's how I felt. So we all rolled and that guy rolled a 98 and he was like, woohoo, I got it. (laughs) And I rolled and I
3: rolled a 98. So you did a roll off, right?
0: Yeah, so it was down to the roll off. He rolled a ninety six on his roll off. I rolled another ninety eight, so I got the mount. <laughs> and so I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't a jerk about it. I did, however, whisper the, the the guild leader and said, "Look, I will hand you this mount right now. I will give this to you. I will just, you know, I, I however, it will take if I have to. I think at the time you would have had to like petition a, like a a, a GM. A GM,
3: yeah, to put in a ticket yeah. back then."
0: I will do that. Or you can just go over and, and pick it up, because I haven't picked it up yet. And he was like, no, man. Everybody spoke. Uh, that was the decision everyone made. You take it. And he burned out real hard, like that expansion. And I always felt like one of the reasons he burned out was because that the guild did that. And so I've always kept Mimron's head as one of my favorite mounts because, A, I saved it from a jerk, and B, it was a lesson to me that that sometimes your guild doesn't have your best interests or even its own best interests at heart. Because we, we needed him. Without him, we were not a good guild. Like, just, he, he kept us focused. He's the reason we got Arthas down uh, server first. I'm talking, of course, Heroic. Back then, they didn't have Mythic. But he's the reason we got Arthas 25 uh, Heroic done before anybody else on the server. A oh, ton of work. He, he made that guild happen, and we didn't repay him. And I've always felt bad about it, but that's why it's Mim's head. Uh, I, I I like the, I like it. First off, it just looks cool. Um, it's less busy than like the, the more recent floating. From me- Mechagon. Go- yeah. yeah. That thing's a little busy for me. Whereas Mim's head is not. Plus Mim's head is the head of the giant robot that, that you fight. So it's mm-hmm. cool for that. It's got a big rotary thing on it. It's noisy as heck, um, which I like. I don't yeah, know. I, it's, a, I love it's the old
3: copter noise, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I love popping that thing and just annoying the heck out of people with it. And it, it's just, yeah, so for all those reasons, it's Mim's head.
3: Yeah, as far as me, my favorite mount mechanically, I don't really have a mechanically favorite mount. Uh, but, like, for lore story reasons, I really like the elemental from the Shaman Order Hall campaign. Not surprising anyone, I'm sure. Uh, it's one of my favorite. I love the way that it changes. I love the fact, well, I guess it would be mechanically as well because uh now that they're adding like ray tracing and stuff like into the end of the game and they've been working on lighting effects for quite a while when you're an elemental and you're on the fire elemental riding on top of it it gives off red light uh and it is very reactive and I absolutely adore it. I think it's one of the prettiest mounts that they've put in the game because of it. I do enjoy the fact that it also shifts between water and air, which I think is really, really cool because we don't get a whole lot of water elementals if you're not uh, a frost mage. So I really enjoy that. Now, the one that I will say for personal reasons, and I don't have this mount, uh, is Ataman's mount, and it's for a similar reason to what Rossi just said for his story. But way back in the day when I was on Zul'jin and I was in the guild on possible, uh, we had a hunter named Zabos and he was a really great guy, really good friends. Him and I still talk to each other to this day. And we were doing Karazhan. We went through, we were doing our weekly runs and we kill Ataman and the mount drops and I roll a 99 And here comes Zabos, and he rolls a 100. And he just sits there, looks at everybody, takes them out, immediately logs off, (laughs) comes back later. I feel really bad. I'm so sorry. Do you want me to put a ticket? No, no, it's good. You roll fair and square. But every single time he would get a piece of loot from that point on for any of the rolls or anything like that, we would just get, oh, it's Ataman's Mount all over again. We would just give him no small amount of, like, gruff about it. Uh But even to this day, all these years later, if I, like, just send him out of the blue, nothing else but a picture of Ataman's Mount, I will get a whole bunch of expletives back, and he still feels bad to this day. So I like, I, I, I just like that story because it was one of those things where, even now, it's still a thing. We still remember it. Doesn't matter how far, how many servers, how many guilds, or if we're both still playing, still remember it. So, good memories there. Alright, our next one. What up, Watchmen? So I bounced around the lore people, all guessing who the Troll and Revendreth video is. Not Zalazane, or the usual suspects like Zul or Zul'jin. It's Senjin. I think he may be the one who helped Vol'jin. But to do so, he may have had to pay a hefty price. Hand of Valor indeed. What are your thoughts on this half-baked idea? Is there an easy target? You know, Blizzard Watch has become my de facto Dragon Magazine. Times change.
0: I'm not sure why we're your de facto Dragon Magazine, but cool, I guess. I'm, I'm Is honored. It D&D? Is it the D&D posts? I mean, we do do a few D&D posts.
3: We talk about it a lot, we do.
0: I, I did one today, actually. You did. So, yeah. But anyway, um, I've thought about this one. Zenjin uh, died a long time ago. And I don't really, like, I mean, if you're saying he made a deal with someone to go to Revendreth in exchange for for uh, Vol'jin not ending up dead, I, don't, I mean, maybe. Senjin was around as a Loa. We were seeing him. He's in one of the, the Vol'jin short stories. So this is not an entirely impossible idea. I'm not sure why he would end up in Revendreth. Like, I don't know how the deal would work. It is unlikely, but not impossible, I would say. That's that's my take on that. I don't know what Joe thinks.
3: Kind of in the same boat. Uh, I mean, he has. I think we actually see him with Bomb I think there's.
0: I, a... I know he's in the book. I know. I mean, not. He's he's in the short story that they did
3: a few years back. Shadow Shadowhunter, I think it's called. Yeah, but I. I it is, but I, I. I legitimately think he's in Shadowlands. I and it's not in Revendreth. Like I'm, I'm. I remember. Oh man, I wish I, I wish I could remember. But I, I think I remember seeing him, and I think it had something to do with Wanambe. I could be absolutely wrong. I could be misremembering. It happens. Uh, but again, could be. I, I don't think it is. I don't think it's Senjin. Um It's not impossible, like like Matt's saying. But I don't think it's likely. I don't think it's the likeliest choice. Also because even then, why would he go to Revendreth? He wasn't a hugely, like, sin-filled, prideful, like, in a bad way character. Like, he was always... He was the one that wanted to be, you know, left in peace, right? He joined up with the Horde because that's what he needed to do to survive. He didn't want to be bothered with everything else. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, it was... It doesn't fit. I, I don't know how else to say it. I, I mean, again, this is not contradicting anything, but
0: the story the Judgment... Which came out a few years back, uh, kind of implies that Senjin is now a Loa. But yeah. It doesn't mean that that's gonna happen. Like I I don't when we, we talk about stuff like this, it at least feels like there is a there's a plausibility, but not not plausibility, there's a possibility but not a plausibility here. I don't think it is likely to be Senjin.
3: Yeah. And we could talk about everything spoilers. we know about. We we could talk spoilers about Loa, but I don't think we're gonna I don't think we need to on this one.
0: So I'll just say that. That's, that's what I'll say.
3: Yeah, I agree. Uh, our next one. Hello, Frozen Ones. Diablo question here. How much time is there between Diablo and Diablo 2? I know it's like 20 years between Diablo 2 and Diablo 3, but it can't be anything like that long between D1 and D2, right? Because the main villain of Diablo 2 is the Dark Wanderer, who is the hero of, of Diablo with the Soul Stone stuck in his forehead. So it has to be pretty close in time, right? Second question. Why would you jam that thing in your head? Uh, and this is Tor Diablos. Um, yeah, you're right. It's not.
0: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, the second question. I've been wondering that for like 20-something years. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the, the first question, it's, it's literally like, I think, weeks later at most. Um, the implication is that... Uh, the, the aiden the the character who is the fighter i think he's called the warrior actually the warrior in diablo when he got done killing diablo in the end of the game and it turned back into his brother uh and the the the, the Soulstone dropped out of his body he decided that he could can better contain diablo's evil and so he jammed it into his own head possibly not being on top of his game mentally after all the horrors he had witnessed, including the fact that he had just killed his little brother. yeah. Um, I'm going to speculate that that had a little something to do with his not tremendously great decision-making. If you, if you notice when you play Diablo two, all the playable characters in Diablo got corrupted. Yes. All of them. Not just, not just Aiden, not just the dark wanderer. The rogue became a blood Raven and you fight her. In the first major uh, dungeon you do, uh, the, the, the the former sightless eye monastery that they, they, they're all like they're, they're, the, the demons have infested it and Raven is there as a, as a boss. I forget where you fight the wizard, but you do fight him too. He also shows up. Um, so, yeah, I don't think anybody came out of Diablo feeling good about themselves or, you know, making good decisions. But, but I got to say jamming a soul stone in your foreheads right up there with the worst one you could possibly make. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's literally like the most it could possibly be is weeks, um, based on the, the, in the opening cinematic and the shape that, that Tristram is in when you get there in, in Diablo two, It's definitely not been very long, uh, weeks at the most, but yeah, as for that second one, I am pretty sure that, that. Diablo basically drove him nuts and he decided to do this incredibly stupid thing instead of say, I don't know, putting it in a bag and just carrying it somewhere. (laughs) I mean, I don't know where he would have taken it. I don't, I honestly, you know, it's not like Aiden knew anything like about the stuff, the whole thing with the forge in the Pandemonium Fortress where you could destroy the soul stones once and for all. I so he was basically presented with this really horrible situation and had no real idea what to do. But nonetheless, I got to think driving that thing into my own forehead. It'd be absolutely near the bottom.
3: Yeah. I'm, I'm on team. I think he was insane by that point Yeah, because like yeah. you, you can't survive everything you see in that. Cause I mean, think about it, right? Like you're going to this town that's besieged by nightmares. You're going level by level, essentially climbing your way down to hell. Because uh, that's what you do, uh, and along the way things get progressively worse. Think about that. Like the butcher is one of the first things you encounter, and he's not exactly like a happy, sunshiny fellow. Like it's it's madness all the way down. And by the time you get to that end, I don't care how much of a hero you are, that's going to wear on you. And then we know. Sorry. Go ahead. No. And then you
0: kill like a little boy who's your brother. Yep. Like your little brother that you were basically trying to save the whole time. You killed Diablo and he turns into the kid and you're like, oh,
3: oh, but then, oh my. But then we know from Diablo 3, I believe, that the primevals in that soul stone can reach out somewhat to the rest of the world. They're not 100% dormant in there. So, And especially, that, we know that because that's what happened with... Um, Tal
0: Rasha, they, they yep. broke the soul stone, so they put the demon inside Tal Rasha, yep. so we know it can get bad, so yeah.
3: And so now you have this person who's mentally fragile, who sees, he kills his brother, sees this stone drop, and the stone goes, you know it would be a really good idea, shove me in your head, and you go, yeah, that's a really great idea, that's the only way I can keep everybody else safe from all of the horrors that I just had to fight my way through, wham really terrible idea because it sounds like the best idea at the time because you're nuts it happens uh yeah, I, I definitely think we're gonna have to go with he was he was not in he was not right yeah all right let's move on to our next one i think unless there's anything else you want to add to either of those no i think that pretty much covers it <laughs> uh yes Uh, This one comes from Jack Jack podcast question. Now that you've seen all of the covenant hype videos, has your mind changed on any of them or on which one you're picking?
0: You want to go first You want me to go for it? All right. I actually had already worked out uh, based on my, you know, playing in the beta. I'd worked out a pretty rigorous schedule of who's going where and why. And it hasn't changed because I'm me. So yeah, I'd already knew pretty much everything I wanted to know about the various covenants, and I know that my first, my my first one to, to to sixty is going to be my night elf warrior, who is going to go Ardenweald because I want to finally get like some closure on the whole, the story that's been going since since Battle for Azeroth. I want to like to free people from the maw. I want to like feel like I've I've gotten some some closure on that. Uh, after that character. Uh, my next one is going to be my my the warrior that I'm currently on in the stream my my uh, my Dranite forged who I'm going bastion with because the whole idea of service and you know a a lifetime slash after lifetime of of you know dedicating to protecting and defending others that's very light that feels like it works for a Lightforged. my 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 uh, death knight's going maldraxxus uh, maldraxxus and my death knight feel like That's perfect. Like, I I honestly, as soon as I heard about Maldraxxus, I was like, Death Knight. That's definitely where my Death (laughs) Knight's going. That puts me in a weird place because that's, I have no interest in Revendreth whatsoever. See? It just is not, it is not a covenant that interests me. I'm interested in the story of the zone, but the Venthyr as a covenant, I don't want to play them. They don't, they don't reach me anywhere. It's, it's, it's like that time I spent LARPing uh, Vampire: The Masquerade. It made me not want to play Vampire: The Masquerade. It did, however, teach me that I, I really enjoyed playing Werewolf. Um, so yeah, I feel very much the same way with the vent there. It's like these are not people I want to hang out with. But I do have I have the Paladin and another Warrior that need covenants, and that's before I you know we talked in the pre-show about what I'm going to do with my 120 boost. Um, so I've got multiple characters that, that are going to need a zone i think my hunter will definitely be going ardenweald as well and again this is all all my decision making here is story based i am not basing my decision on the relative strength or power of any of the covenant abilities for the very simple reason that i'm I, my raid guild's real chill and i play infrequently mm-hmm. so i can do that if i was main tank for my guild i'd be sitting here and i'd be breaking out all the covenant abilities and soul binds and all of that, and seeing which would be the best for tanking, because I when you main tank for a guild or when you're like a big healer for a guild, you have to put the needs of your guild ahead of yourself. That's just how it works. But since I'm just mostly going to be doing ha 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 having fun in my own way, then I can I can make role playing decisions. So that's where I am. I'm gonna shut up and let Joe talk now because he tried to get in there a couple times and I, I heard him. Oh I'm no, like, you're nope.
3: <laughs> this is something that I've. I've... I'm not settled on for loader at all, and I'm I'm back and forth between now Ardenweld and surprisingly Revendreth, and here's why. And I've talked about this before, and I've talked about this on the the Lore Watch podcast. The story identity for my character fits both of these places, and I I had completely written Revendreth off as, Oh, I'm, it's, it's not going to be for my character. It's not going to be for any of my, my guys or blah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But now it's about fixing something and seeking justice and that definitely fits with where my, where I feel loader is mentally after everything that just happened in BFA. That seems like something he might latch to. Like we done messed up. I was part and parcel to a bunch of horrible things maybe I could at least make something right. And that seems like it would fit. And then, of course, Ardenwell, with the whole balance and, and restoring things back to the cycle, fits as well. So I'm torn there. Um, I can guarantee you 110% my warrior is going to Maldraxxus. Uh His giant weapon swinging behind is going to be right there, beating down uh, skeletons and, and weird spiritual things because that's what he does. My... Um, paladin will probably wind up in bastion which you know that's sort of cliche um and my druid 110 percent will wind up in ardenwald as will my hunter uh just because of how they fit with that so uh i haven't decided there's a there's a decent chance now after the last short that loader might wind up hanging out with vampires not sure anything else you want to add before we move on
0: only that, I mean, I really do think that in terms of, like, those shorts, what they did really, really well was give you an idea of the stakes and what's going on in each, like, zone before you get there as a as a player leveling through the expansion. Um, the Ardenweald one, I've heard a lot of people say it didn't have any emotional resonance for them, that they, that they didn't like it. Oh, I think I, it it's, did. It's the one that hit me the hardest, which is why I wrote a long thing about how sad I was that Ursok was gone. But I think that in terms of, like, you know, it, it, it didn't feel to me like they did anything that made me, like, surprised by them. So, I'll say that much. Like, the one that came closest to surprising me was probably the Revendreth one, just because I wasn't expecting to see Big Daddy Garage back. Um, and... Um, I, I I was just on Twitter and uh, I follow Garage's voice actor Patrick Seitz, because he does a ton of things. He's done, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's done millions of voices, and he retweeted someone saying that the entire reason for that short was because he had the itch to start screaming and get in that voice, and they figured they might as well get some use out of it. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's it's there's a lot of garage screaming in that video. I hope this means, however, I will say this: if this means that we actually get some Garage Hell story. In in Shadowlands, like if he actually comes back to some degree and we get to st- like to some closure on his story, then I would be much more inclined to take a character
3: than. There. And and that's kind of where I'm at with it because that that sort of shifted that as well because he's there, he's all reliable, he's somewhere, and he might be something we encounter him in the raid. Don't know. I haven't done the whole thing. Uh, It could be something we encounter them during the campaign because it seems like something Freedom Fighters would do uh, is take away the source of anima from the higher ups. Because, yeah, without spoilers aside, like just looking at that short, they're milking them for for their juice, essentially. So, yeah, I could see part of that campaign being, yo, let's let's go spring Gary. And I'm kind of all there for it. So,
0: okay. I'm sorry. I have to recover from you saying that
3: they were milking garage hell screen for his juice. <laughs> well, you can think about that while I read the next question, which comes from our friend trauma. Do I have to? Yes, you do. Sit, sit and ruminate on that. Uh, what quest in wow that has been removed or changed? Do you miss the original of for me? It's the original Darrow Shire quest line. It was a very powerful, emotionally questline that really brought home and made the game feel real. Do you want me to go first while you recover?
0: Uh, sure. Although I'm going to say up front that he meant he named a really good one.
3: He did. Absolutely. Darrow Shire was a really, really strong one. Um, as far as quests, I'm going to go to the old Hunter epic bow quest. Rock Ladar, the original quest for it back in the day when it had you going all over the world And hunting, and hunting the demons down, learning exactly what abilities, what the trick was to get them, uh, dealing with them in the scope of the world, that I miss because it was one of those quests where I don't think we feel this too much anymore, at least not with current expansions uh, or current content. Even class quests, they don't feel like they're part of the world anymore. They feel like they're their own little thing, like even order halls and, and like that they were fantastic, but it felt almost like a Bioware game. It felt almost like Star Wars, the old Republic where like you're going off on your own little path and it doesn't really interact with the greater world too often. But back then that quest, like you were in the world, it felt like an MMO quest in the fact that like I could see other players, other players could interact with me, uh, I, at one point in time, had help from uh, another hunter on the server who was just randomly in the area and already had his bow uh, and was like, hey, let's, you know, let me help you and guide you through and all this other stuff. It doesn't feel like that anymore. So I kind of miss... That because it's just it, it, the completion of it, finishing it off and, and going to Fellwood of all places to finish it off and sitting there in a ring of ancients in like this middle of this like grove that is just being consumed by fell and them gifting you their last piece of purity in order to fight the corruption of the world. Like that was just epic. Like I will never forget that. The very first time I got that completed, like, I think I was on Ventrilo or Mumble at the time with my guildmates when I got it finished, and I was just speechless. Like I had never experienced anything like that in a game before. It was just so cool. It was such an amazing moment.
0: There are a few. I mean, I, I'll tell you right up front, I never played a hunter in Classic, but I did actually interact with that quest because my wife played a hunter. And so... I spent a lot of times doing things like riding a horse through Angoro crater, angering every devil sore I could to get them to chase me so that she could complete trying to kill a poodle uh, or <laughs> having to get our entire guild to show up in Silithus because two horde guys were kept killing the NPC she needed. So we had, and it was, uh, I'm sorry, that was never fun. Like when the opposite faction would decide to grief you during that quest, that incredibly long quest chain. Um, but so I, I did see that quest in action. I did watch my wife play through it. It was pretty amazing. Um, there were like other ones, like the Benediction and Anathema one, which was an amazing one for priests. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that always comes to mind for me, though, is a much lower level quest. Uh, it starts at level 30, and it's a warrior only. It's a warrior specific class quest. Uh, it's the quest for the Whirlwind weapon. And okay. The reason I'm bringing it up is A, it does all that stuff where you have to interact with the world. Like, you have to go to Arathi and, like, mm-hmm. kill these elementals to get these special charms. You have to go to, uh, like Shat- not Shadow Moon, um, Stranglethorn. And, you know, I forget what you had to do in Stranglethorn. It was quite ridiculous, but you had to go down to Stranglethorn and do stuff down there. Uh, you finally get all the stuff together you need, and you have to go up to the middle of bloody nowhere. And I, it's literally, it's not in any specific zone it's like on the river like just south of chill camp but still in I, I think it's actually still in the uh alterac area it's just north of taran mill it's north of taran mill south of chill camp it's this little crook of, of on the river in the middle of nowhere and you summon this this giant wind elemental who if you summon hit him at the level you can when you get this quest will utterly destroy you he would just beat your face in. He was unsoloable. Unless you were like level 60. Like level 60s could kill him. But when you got the quest at like level 30, if you did all the steps and you and you got to that point in the quest to say around level 35, uh, he'd murder you. And the quest itself was like red when you got it. And you if you waited till it was like yellow or even green, he'd still murder you. He was just... You needed a full group to do this. This was one of those quests that said you needed a group it it meant it. Yeah. Yeah. People nowadays, you see, Oh, it's the three person quest. I can do that myself. This was not that this was bring a group. We're not kidding. And so because it was like that, when I got it done, I, I, I went up there solo. Like I didn't have anybody with me when I went up there, but it, I saw like another warrior there trying to do it. And so I would jump in and try to help him. And I died like four times, but because I managed to pull aggro off of him and die, and give him time to like bandage, give him time to do stuff, uh, and I would I would run back and get back up, and he'd be close to death, and I would taunt it off him again. And so, after I did all that, he's like, "Just stay here." But the thing is, he was Horde, and I was Alliance, so we couldn't communicate. So he was trying to get me to stay there, and I had no idea what the gesturing meant. And then all of a sudden, uh, a level sixty Torn. Who was in full? Um, this is the time that, like, the only gear you could have for that was higher level was Molten Core and Ani, mm-hmm. because that was the only two raids that opened with the expansion. Uh, so he, this guy, rode up in like full Molten Core Ani gear with with a uh, Thunder Fury on his back, and I, I at the time, I had no idea like what was about to happen. They managed to communicate to me through gesturing that I should start it. So I started it, and Thunder Fury guy. Just started beating the crap out of it. <laughs> and he he killed it in like three hits. Because Thunder Fury's proc was amazing. So I got my 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 Whirlwind stuff. I've still got those on like Transmog because it was mm-hmm. a quest that I finished. Uh, I have those weapons in my transmog collection right now, even though I d I don't have the weapons anymore. I haven't kept them. And it's just it was one of those things where I saw it, like when I hit level 60 and when I had like raid gear, like I was at like Blackwing Lair slash AQ gear. I would always make sure every time I was anywhere near that area and keep in mind, flight didn't exist. Mm-hmm. So you had to be in that area. I would go to that area just to see if anybody was doing the and quest pay it, and pay it forward. Yeah. you and, and I did it like, like eight or nine times. Yeah, like I, I, I remember seeing like a, a, a an orc who is just desperately trying to kill that thing. And it was just, he was good too. He was very skilled. He was using all of his toolkit as well as he could have, and he wasn't gonna pull it off because the because Cyclonus, I think that was his name, Cyclonus. Cyclonus that might be a transformer. It is definitely a uh, definitely a transformer. But he was trying really hard, but he just wasn't gonna make it. He just he he used Shield Wall. He wasn't gonna survive. And I just showed up and I sulfurized that guy so hard. He like is, I sulfurized his windy head off, and the, the the orc was like, oh god, because he was flagged for some reason. Uh, and I guess he thought I was going to attack him. This was an Astral Narrow by the way. So if you played an Orc Warrior and Astral Narrow back in 2005, that was me. Um, but I didn't I didn't attack him because there were two things in the world that I would always kill whenever given the opportunity. A son of arugal Yep. Or Cyclonus, the Windlord. And much for the same reason, because they were jerks.
3: But yeah, I... I, I I feel like I want to talk about Shire because it was such a good quest. I think we should, you know what? I think we have enough time that if we wanted to go into it, I think it would probably be a good way to, to it would be a good time to talk about it. So go for it.
0: I think the Shire quest, I don't know. I don't want to talk about it in terms of just breaking down what the quest was about for you, for you guys. Because, I mean, WoW Classic exists. And if there's any good reason for WoW Classic to exist, it's to let you play the original Shire quest line. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to tell you right now. If you are on WoW Classic and for some reason you haven't done Shire, go do it. That is that is the best reason to be on WoW Classic right now. Not to do old raids, not to, to gear up a character, to experience the content that's gone. And Shire is one of the best quests. And it doesn't matter Horde or Alliance, it doesn't matter. You can both do it. And it's just, it starts so small. It starts off with you just finding a, a little girl, like a little girl's toy that's that's been like torn up torn apart and you you get that that toy together for the ghost of this little child and that's how it starts it goes it goes into the corruption of a man's soul into the like the horrors of the scourge uh into, like you know the entirety of like what happened in warcraft 3 and how you know what what's the old saying what profits it what profits you to win the entire world if you lose your soul mm-hmm. and that's kind of what Darrowshire is like a, it's just this perfect encapsulation of that idea and it's really it's haunting and it's just you know betrayal and horror and you know redemption of a sort. You can't really fix what happened. You can't make it not have happened, but you can you can bring closure to people. You can give them some peace, and that's just it just does all that so well, and it does it in a way like it is classic in a way that you don't have anymore a kind of gameplay you don't have anymore where it's this big event with timers and these monsters surging and you it's hard. It mm-hmm. is really yeah. hard to solo Darshire Like you want a group you can, you can do it solo, but it's not easy. I think I did Darshire like six times before I got it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I have to say about, it, but it is, it is a beautiful example of the kind of, like, of classic quest design in a way that we, we don't really see anymore. For good and for ill. I mean, there's some stuff about Darshan that's real annoying. There's some parts where you're, you're wandering around craters trying desperately to get, like, this one giant maggot to spawn <laughs> so you can hopefully get this one thing you need to drop to drop. Uh, it, it, there's a lot of that kind of stuff in it. It takes for a very long time, but it is very worth it to see the end of it.
3: Yeah, and, and that's, I think, one of the reasons why the Hunter Quest sticks with me so much is, like, those types of quests felt epic they felt important and big and a lot of times they were things that involve the entire community and like you said with the uh, the cyclone gear uh or whirlwind gear excuse me uh like i would go back and after i was helped with you know some of the hunter stuff i would go back and help other hunters when i didn't have anything else to do like if i wasn't farming for raid or something i'd go to these areas and just like yours they weren't exactly in you know, easy to find areas. Like oh no, they
0: were the the one. The they patrol the entire really is, zones. Hunter one that really comes to mind is the Winter Spring part of that question.
3: Oh god, that was awful. Winter,
0: winter Spring is already hard to get to. Yeah, and Winter Springs already one of the most painful zones to to go around in on before flying. Yep. Like it. it there's very few places to go that aren't swarming with things that are going to try to kill you, and they're high level things. So even when you hit level sixty, they'd still aggro relatively and they still hit hard and so trying to do this quest while things were coming at you i remember that when my job when my wife was doing this and she and you also had to like perfect certain aspects of the game like jump shots and spin shots
3: and while all that was going on stuff yeah
0: While all that was going on my job was to run around and just aggro entire collections like i'd have like six of those those furbolg on me and i'd be trying to kill them and pull them out of the way so she could keep working on kiting.
3: Oh, yeah. And then, like, yeah. if, if something, and if anything else hit, like, that one in particular was rough because if anything else hit it, like, an AoE or anything else, because it could be affected by NPC spellfire, it would despawn. And then mm-hmm. it wouldn't spawn for, I think that one was a six and a half hour timer. And like, I don't
0: remember how long the timer was. I just, but they were all I different, too. Was, I don't think it was that long because I remember her like, oh. failing multiple times. So
3: it, it was it was enough
0: of a respawn that it was long but it was you could do it like more than one attempt in it in a day.
3: Yeah, but I mean like I, they were all like they were all different spawn timers too like but it was I guess that's one of the things that when we talk about or at least when I talk about uh vanilla wow and I'm not going to say classic wow vanilla wow the actual like when the game was released first that's one of the things I miss and that's one of the things like when I talk about the community The community now is great. I love you guys. And, and, you know, there's a lot of aspects of what we can do now that weren't possible back then. But back then it was this every one of these things was a celebration for an entire server, not just a guild, not just a couple people at a time they were things it was like we talk about like the opening of the gates of aq and how it crushed the server part of the reason it crushed the servers back then is because it was this big again the first of its kind and wow i think really server-wide event that encouraged everybody both factions to engage and participate. And then when, like, the obelisks were popping up everywhere, everybody went to go deal with stuff. And it was, you had an entire server's population, in many cases, in a single zone. You don't feel that anymore. Like, yeah, invasions are cool, but, like, it's not a big deal. It's not like it was, you know, way back when. It it doesn't have that same gravitas. So when we talk about old quests that, like, We miss or that have been removed. That's kind of what I gravitate towards, because I don't I don't know when the last time we really had that big of an event in game that wasn't like, oh, I've heard about this on Twitter and a thousand YouTube ads and they took out an ad spot during the Super Bowl to promote this one single event. You're never going to
0: have that again anyway, though, man. I I know.
3: I know. But I'm just saying, like, that's the nostalgia factor that brings me back. That's what makes me miss it. Right. So. But, yeah, that's uh, that's all I got on that. Um, Do you have anything else you want to add?
0: I kind of do, but I also want to try and get to Vertigree's question. So instead of me going on about this, let's go to Vertigree's question and hopefully we can get through that time.
3: Sure. Uh, So our last question is from our friend Vertigree. uh, And it's here with some Seder and imp questions. Uh, are Satyrs and the Nathrazim's agents inside life? I feel we're close to unlocking this mystery of the demonic template, the hooves, horns that Sergaris, the Nathrazim the succubi, Satyrs, and the demon hunters all share. Uh, two, do you remember uh, Daglop, the Impinatus Juna? He signed a contract to be his minion. He summons you on the broken shore. And he says, There is a legend that some of our ancestors can be found on this world that are not part of the Legion. I bet they are boring. Who are the ancestors of the imps? Love your shows. Vertigree. Uh, I think for the first
0: part, I don't know if the satyrs are the Nathrazym's agents inside life. Um, the satyrs are definitely demonically corrupted. I mean, in, in Xavius is an example. He was the first satyr. Uh, whether or not that was a backdoor for the Nathrasim to get inside life, I couldn't tell you. The satyrs don't feel very lifey, though. I mean, they f- they don't, they're corrupted. They're demons. They fell all over the place.
3: They feel like a corruption um, of Ardenwell, don't they? I mean, they kind of do look like one, don't they? Yeah, they look like the Fallen. I can't remember if that's what they're called. They're Sivar, I believe. Sivar, yeah. Or Sylvan? Sivar? or
0: something like that. doesn't matter. Um, Savari. The point being, yeah. I, I think the point, though, is, I mean, there certainly is some, some room to make that argument. They do look similar. Um, and they are corrupted night elves. Um, like Xavius, for instance, was one of them. Is one of them. He's the first one. So, I mean, it's 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 potentially possible, but they don't, they're not, if they are, they're not agents inside life. They're a mockery of life. They're, they're a, one does kind of wonder how did Sargeras, like, did Sargeras know about the shadow lands? Did he know about the, 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 you know, the fawns? Did he, did he like deliberately copy them? Did he corrupt them in some way on purpose? Are there fauns on Azeroth that aren't part of the Shadowlands? I mean, these are all questions that I don't have answers to. Uh, but in terms of like, whether they're working for, like, you know, Sargeras himself is part of the problem here. We don't know how much of this he was involved in. We know that Sargeras was driven kind of nuts by the Natherism, A little bit. And so that's part of the reason he went off on his Burning Crusade. So he could have been talked into doing it by them or subtly suggested to do it by them. Too much of this kind of does demean uh-huh. him, though. If we go too far along this path, we turn Sargeras into an ultimately giant stooge. And I don't think we want to do that. I think we want Sargeras to actually be a menace. So, yeah, I I, I think I'm on the fence on this. I, I see I, the I, resemblance, and I get where you're going with this. I just don't know if it actually
3: works. Yeah, I I I think I I don't think they're necessarily the agents inside of life. I think if anything, it's it might wind up being something similar to what we might find out about. Uh, the helmet domination and in and, uh frostmorn and, and how those got into the hands of the legion to begin with. Uh this might be templates or ideas that the Nathrozim stole. Uh and then, you know, hey, you can turn him into this form. This is torturous. This is a perversion. This will, you know, do all the things you want it to do, uh, because sometimes that's all you need to do is just put the bug in somebody's ear that, you know, especially if you're being trusted with all of your arcane knowledge uh, and you're supposed to be like the gatherers of all this arcane lore or uh, just information in general for the Legion. And they say, I found this thing. Here's what we can do with him. And then you go and do it. Like I said, I don't think it demeans Sargeras to say that. I just think it was presented to him. Uh, But it does seem like they are too similar. And if we go back to what we've been talking about for weeks now with if the Nathrazine were spying on all aspects of the Shadowlands and all aspects of life, it would make sense that other aspects of those things would creep into some of their spell workings or some of their things uh, on the back end like that. I think it's interesting to to maybe say that it's the first perversion of the Silvari. so what about that second one with the daglop
0: uh if i were gambling i would say that stuff like grell because remember the grell aren't demonic they're just natural entities they sure as heck look like imps they sure as heck act like imps for that matter spriggan also look and act like imps uh, so either of those would be a possibility. The grell are just essentially nature spirits, though. I think they're basically just I that. Think so
3: yeah. So I mean, it would make sense, right? Again, I, that the, the imps seem like a perversion of nature. They seem like a perversion of nature through fell. So I don't know if that makes a whole lot of sense, but
0: yeah, the grill are force spirits that resemble imps, but are generally larger in size, lack the characteristic horns, and are not demonic. They're actually embodiments of the wild side of nature, and so tame ones are very rare. I mean. So that's an interesting thing to think about. I mean if if grell are the ancestors of imps then imps would basically be like corrupted entities that were you know taken from a world like Sargeras maybe taken from Azeroth or taken from some other world and then corrupted through the fell. I mean it's we know the legion went to a lot of planets. Yeah. Uh, I mean
3: they've been around, around for know, a long time.
0: And we also know that imps come from those giant like horrible brood mothers. Yeah. And those things are like the imp mothers are like gigantic, you know that's an interesting thing to think about. They look like, you know they look like, you know, horrible monstrosities, basically. They actually look
3: like Therizane.
0: A little bit. A little bit. Uh so like I mean, you know, if the imp the matron imps are themselves like a twisted version of a grell, I mean, who knows? We don't know. But there's something to be considered, like, you know, maybe that's they captured a few, turned them into these things, and used them to breed more. I mean, that's certainly... They, they've been to Azeroth a few times now. It's not like they couldn't have. Uh, not entirely sure, though. There's there's also... Um, I'm trying to remember this. There's, like, there's the Firekin, who are like elementals.
3: That are also imp-like.
0: Yeah, they look... They, I mean, obviously, some of this is all based on the fact that World of Warcraft uses the same models. again. But it is still interesting to consider whether or not, you know, Grell and so forth appeared because the the elemental things turned into living things on Azeroth. We know that that happened with dragons. Dragons originally come from the elemental planes. That's like we we still have stone drakes. We know that that's where they originally come from. Then they got to Azeroth and they changed into proto drakes. They became flesh things. They still carried an elemental essence within them, but they became living. things animal entities yeah and did we, that happen did that happen with grell i mean that happened with imps are they imps just a fell corruption of a living thing that was originally an elemental being i mean we don't know
3: and we do see flame imps like even in molten core i think that's one of the besides Fellwood and warlocks it's one of the earliest times we see imp like creatures which could be again reused assets but it it i do like the idea of it being a repurpose of a template that this might be by design instead of accident. Or at least, you know, that's the place I want to live. But Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. Your continued support means this podcast lighting community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on the podcast or the queue, and an ad-free site experience. Thank you very much, Joe. Uh, again, guys, if you have a question for the show, you can email it to
0: podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the podcast or blizzardwatch in the subject line so we know it's for the show. Or you can hit us up on Discord on one of our two channels. Uh, but that's it going to be it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, on behalf of Joe and myself, I want to say uh, we'll be here next week.